This is Straight Ahead with the 606 Club of London and David Lewis. How's your week been? Welcome back. This is Straight Ahead. 
with the 606 Club of London. So the track we just listened to was a single that we've been playing over the past few weeks. It's getting a lot of heat on it at the moment. It's from Wildcard, Clement Mugier's Wildcard, and it features on soprano sax none other than the Blue Note recording artist Marcus Strickland. It was released on general release at the end of March. You can go and get yourself a copy of that single now. An album that's going to be released at the end of this month is At The Cold Stores from the Down For The Count Orchestra. It's going to be released on April the 30th. There's also going to be an album launch, if everything goes to plan, at Cadogan Halls on June the 6th. So uh, you can visit their website and find out more details of that. The uh, album itself is full of great standards, and I know you're going to be singing along to this one. This is their take on Mr Bojangles. To a man, both jangles and he danced for you. In worn out shoes, with silver hair, a ragged shirt, and baggy pants. He would do the old soft shoe. He could jump so high. Jump so high And then he lightly Touched down I met him in a cell In New Orleans I was When I was down and out He looked to me To be the very eyes of age As he spoke right out Talked of life Lord, he talked of life Laughed, <laughs> slapped his leg a step He said his name was Bojangles Then he danced a little Right across the cell He grabbed his pants Took a better stance Then he jumped up high That's when he Clicked his heels Then he let go a laugh Lord, he let go a laugh Shook back his clothes all around That was Mr. Bojangles That was Mr. Bojangles That was Mr. Bojangles Lord, he could dance he Told me of a time he worked in minstrel shows Traveling throughout the South Spoke with tears How fifteen years How is his dog and he They just travel about Then his dog up and died Then his dog up and died After 
20 years, he still breathes. He said, I dance now every chance I get in, in honky tonks. For my drinks and tips, most of the time I, I spend behind these county bars. Up. Well, I drinks a bit. Then he shook his head. Hold on. Then he shook his head. I could swear I heard someone say, please, please, Mr. Bojangles. Hear you whistling along right now, so infectious, isn't it? That was uh, Mr. Bo Jangles. That particular version taken from the album At the Cold Stores from Down for the Count Orchestra, and their album will be released on April the 30th. Our guest on the show this week is trumpeter Jackson Mathard, who last Friday released his debut album, Travels in Confined Spaces. And if you want energy, you're going to want to listen to that interview. He brings it by the bucket load, and we'll uh, be bringing you the first part of that interview in around about 20 minutes. We continue to live stream at the club and this coming Saturday is no exception. On the 10th of April, Paul Moran, who is going to be bringing his organ-led modern jazz quartet to the club, along with the vocals of none other than Joe Harrop. I'll be telling you later on in the show how you can watch that live stream. But in the meantime, let's go and listen to a track from the album that Paul released back in 2015. It was a tribute to the Blue Note label. And this is The Cat's Whiskers. <laughs> Thank you. 
Paul Moran uh, from his album from a few years ago, uh, which was a tribute to the Blue Note label. And we just listened to the Cat's Whiskers. And of course, he is streaming at the club this weekend along with Joe. And I'll be telling you later on how you can watch those two in action. A couple of years ago, Scottish saxophonist Brian Molly and his quartet released an album. It's a lovely album called Colour and Movement. And uh, going back into that album now, we're going to play Lexington 101. <laughs> last Friday was from 
Melbourne's cinematic funk outfit, Karate Boogaloo. This is the third instalment in their KB's mixtape series, and this is songs from film and television. And what uh, they've been doing through this series is reapproaching, reinterpreting, and re-engineering themes from film and television. And here's a, a song that I just know you're going to love. It's a great version of Brothers Gonna Work It Out.
How good is that? I'm going to be playing some more tracks from that album over the next couple of weeks. Uh, the particular track we just listened to there was uh, produced and engineered by their bass player, Henry Jenkins. And of course, it was taken from the Mac movie, which was the soundtrack of Willie Hutch. And I've played tracks from that before on one of my other shows. So last week we had an exclusive while Joe was with me. Uh, Nigel Price sent through a brand new single from an album that's going to be released on the 4th of June. The album's going to be called Wes Reimagined. It's uh, Nigel Price, organ trio and guests, and the guests are people such as Ross Stanley, Joel Barford and Vasilis Sinopolis. Oh, and also Tony Kofi and Snowboy. Quite the lineup. And the exclusive that we had was this track, which is going to be the lead single, Kariba. Thank you. 
and the album from where that uh, track was lifted, Wes Reimagined, is going to be released on the 4th of June. And as soon as we get our hands on a full copy, I'll be bringing you more tracks on the show. Time now, though, that we get to meet our guest this week, trumpeter Jackson Mathod, who last Friday released his debut album, Travels in Confined Space, as it was released on the Bridge the Gap label. And very much is a journey for him. During lockdown, he's been busy looking within himself and uh, looking at the kind of musician that he wants to become. And not only that, the kind of music that he wants to make. And we're going to be listening to tracks from the album during the course of the interview, the first of which is this, Little Mouse. You'll listen to me, David Lewis, on Straight Ahead. Straight Ahead with David Lewis. Hey, little mouse. Read this little tune for you, mouse. Come on. Hey, mousey, where you going, man? Come on, sit down. Listen to the trumpet, man. I'm gonna like this. Come on now. Talking mousey. What you want? Some brie? Some camembert? I got all the cheese for you, mousey. So just don't let me get to the end of this tune and be left with no cheese. Please. I'm gonna change the key for your mouse. Are you ready? Here we go.
Jackson Method. Hello and welcome to Straight Ahead. Hello, thanks for having me. Um, long, <laughs> looking forward to getting in touch. As I say, I received your album a couple of weeks ago and that's when you first really came onto my radar and I thought, oh. I need to talk to this man. Oh. So, uh, <laughs> so growing up then, music, was it in, in and around the household? Um, it was, I mean, you know what? I, uh, I, I started when I was eight years old. So I'm actually ce- celebrating like... 20 years, over 20 years of playing now. Um, but that was when I was at primary school. We did the classic um, learning the recorder. Then you, you, you got promoted to, you know, learn learn an instrument. And I chose the trumpet. And it, So it was always know, a trumpet uh, then? That was the first thing you had to yeah, pick up? Yeah, I, I mean, it was, yeah. I, it was just the first thing I picked up. And, you know, I'm I'm grateful that little, little Jackson, you know, <laughs> Did it, you know? <laughs> that, that's the hand of fate, my dear friend. The hand of fate. Yeah, I know. But I, so I come from, um, I come from an arty family. We're not a, like a musical family, but mm. um, we've got art in our in our veins. So, so creativity's yeah. in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And of course, you grew up not in London. You were born in around Cambridge, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, in a in a tiny little village called Streatham. And as we established, yeah. that's the Streatham without the A. Yeah, stress yeah, in yeah. Cambridge. Yeah. So yeah, what's the scene like there then? Because I mean, around the home county, certainly, there's a lot of county bands and youth bands that you can progress sure. through outside of school. Is it similar there? Um, yeah, it was. I, I had a few like jazz bands to get involved with, but um, I, when I went to secondary school, I, I, my parents got me into a like um, junior guild hall. So that's, that's where my base was really like, in terms of like, and was that learning, quite a formal education? Learning. With the, I would imagine if it's anything to do with the Guildhall, it would be. But was that quite a formal style of, of uh, education? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I was first study classical there, mm-hmm. so I didn't really. I had, we had like a jazz workshop, which was my first like introduction to jazz, and it started. I just loved it. No, I was going to say, when was the moment of epiphany that you suddenly found this uh, dirty four-letter I, word? I don't know. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> I, I think it was, it's a mixture of just like that, just, the, it was some, it, there's something about the sound. I'm always drawn to, you know, that sound, like the sound of like the bebop in, in, improvisation, you know, um, I don't know. And I've just spoken that, to... That it's, I spoke to a lot of you guys that started off being classically trained and, and a lot of them have said to me, it's suddenly like the mists are, are blown away. Suddenly we can see something with passion that's not just dots on the page. We can mm. express ourselves now. This is what I want to do. Is it that kind of feeling for you? Yeah. And So, yeah, I, like I said, like I learned my classical and then I started really getting into jazz and then transcribing loads and kind of just look, going about learning the language by myself. I didn't have like... Um, an actual jazz, uh, jazz trumpet teacher. But I had, I had a bit of jazz piano lessons when mm-hmm. I was at Junior Guildhall as well. So, you know, like having a harmonic foundation kind of just set me on the right path. Of course, and then, yeah. You know, and then backed up with doing lots of transcription. Then going to senior Guildhall as well. So um, through the course of school then, as you sort of got into late teens and so on, did you, you did A-levels and music A-levels part of your studies, I take it, and you decided yeah. at that point, right, I'm going to set my sights on a conservatoire. Yeah, I mean, 
it was just it's just part of the part of the process. I, music was always something that I did, um, and you know I, I just wanted to keep keep doing it as so much as possible. Before you left for London, if we sort of go in that order, were you playing in bands in and around where you were living at the time? Did you put any bands together there? I mean, not really, not really. Like there was, there's not really much jazz in and around Cambridge. We used we used to go to this um, jazz jam at a place called the Cricketers, mm-hmm. um, but it's it stopped. Um, and I was I used to I just used to love like going to that jam, um, and yeah, I met I met a guy James Davison. He's an amazing trumpet player, and. Um, he was, he, he went to that and it's kind of, you know, we, we kind of get, you get inspired by hearing other people play and hearing that sound, hearing that sound. And like, it gave me something to look forward to, like something that was local and I could just go and play, you know? So you ended up at the Guildhall. Did you try out uh, an audition at the other conservatoires as well? Or Yeah, I did. So Initially, I was I didn't I didn't get into academy or um, yeah I, I didn't get into academy and I didn't initially get into Guildhall. I was on reserve. Right, right. So I was I got a place at Birmingham. No, I was going to ask you about there as well. Yeah, yeah. So I was I was kind of set on going to Birmingham. You know, like I was quite excited, and then you know Guildhall. Guildhall said, well, came through. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I can't, I, I just got to be in London. Like, London is is the place. So then, you, obviously, you moved, and I, obviously, you would have been living at, uh, in London then um, yeah. around the Guildhall. What was that experience like for you? Was it quite an intimidating thing, or was it just the right moment in time for you to come down and begin living your own life? Uh, I mean, I just, I, I wanted to, you know, have my independence. You know, mm. I, I'm at eight. You know, I went straight from A levels just to to kind of going straight to music college. So it was just it was just you know going to going to uni, I suppose. You know, being that a whole student. experience, yeah, yeah. And I just I I loved it, and I wasn't I I'm not gonna I'm, I wasn't the best student when I was at Guildhall. I did quite a lot of practice, but I you know I it wasn't it wasn't actually till after I left that I actually started to do some serious. Have have a have a serious look at myself and be like, you need to work on this. You need to. It's, I need to like learn how to play the trumpet properly. That was a big thing. So w- w- when you say play it properly, do you mean play it as in a professional style as opposed to a student? Is that the kind of difference you're meaning? Yeah, I need to. I need to. I wanted to make myself as employable as possible. And that, I mean, I guess that's part of being like a freelance musician. You need to. I need to if someone calls me for a session tomorrow and it's sight reading, I need to be able to be prepared to do mm-hmm. that, you know, mm-hmm. and, and get it right, you know. And um, w- was there much of a gig scene? I'm assuming while you're at Guildhall, there was a lot of gigs you could get involved in because London is buzzing with, with the jazz scene, isn't it? Yeah, but you know what? I didn't, I didn't really get involved. I was intimidated. I was intimidated by the jazz scene. I'm not going to lie. I can. There's I, a lot of like... There's a lot of shit, like playing loads of notes. Thank you. Thank you, mate. I, 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 I thought I, I was going to have to go meditating there. There's actually, I heard the shit coming out. <laughs> nah, shedding, shedding. <laughs> shedding, no, shedding. No. Good man, good man. No editing here. No, no thank editing, you, thank no. you. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, also, of course, there's a lot of uh, very experienced 
names on the scene as well. And if you're young trying to break into that scene and sort of getting onto the stand with those guys, I mean, some of them are great and take you under the wing. Others, I think, are more are more reluctant to give up their position as number one and begin to see the new generation coming through. But, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, I'm really more and more now about you coming through because you're the ones that are going to be carrying the music forward for us. We've got to admit at some point, some of the more established names are going to just not be on the scene anymore. So we need to, you know, have you guys following it up, don't we? Yeah, I mean, it's not, I, I didn't really feel like jazz was my my kind of calling card. I I, I, I love to sing and I kind oh, of I didn't thought know that. that. Yeah, I kind of thought that, that so my my first single is actually has me singing on it. It's called The Park. Um, and yeah, I initially thought, thought that I was going to go for like a singer-songwriter thing. And, you know... I am um, one of my, you know, kind of jazz mentors is Mr. Julian Joseph, who um, he brought me into his big band when I was about 18. And mm-hmm. we played at Ronnie Scott's and that was just like a mad experience. But I remember him specifically saying like, you know, things will lead you back to jazz. And he was right. He was right. Because I, I did this, I went for this other music and it was just, I wasn't pra- I wasn't proud of it. It wasn't, wasn't something that I felt like really represented me. Because I know you went through a bit of a dub phase and things like that, didn't you? I guess you were, yeah. you, were you very much um, experimenting, trying to find what your calling was or what your sound was? Yeah, yeah what my sound was really. Um, because I, yeah, I always kind of thought that I was going to do a singer-songwriter thing. But, um, but the trumpet is, the trumpet is where it's at, you know. And I... Um, and this is why this is why I'm doing this album now because it's it's about basically kind of finding that um, finding my sound and finding like who I'm what I'm about musically and the kind of artist that I want to be and that that's what um, that's what lockdown really did for me last year. I suddenly like had all this music like coming out of me that I'd never knew was there. Mm. And something that I've been waiting for for you know so long. Um, and the album shame that, it had to happen in the middle of a pandemic, eh? <laughs> well, hey, you know, you've got to pull some good out of these things, right? So you managed to do that. Uh, it, and and exactly, so many of you artists have done exactly. that. You, most of the artists that I talked to have used the time really constructively. Yes, there was a little bit of shock and horror at the beginning, but then I think mm. after that, it was like, okay, look, we've got some time on our hands that I wasn't expecting to have. Let's begin recording because obviously remote sessions now, it's all doable. So the album that you're yeah. talking of is Travels in Confined Spaces. And I think cleverly the title says it all kind of thing with uh, that we couldn't go anywhere. So that's the travel, really. It was four yeah, walls. Exa- well, exactly. So, so there's kind of it's kind of a, a dual meaning to this, this the travels. So as I mentioned, it's kind of like the the journey that I started going on creatively and writing all this music. But at the same time, it's kind of like a musical protest. I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. So it's like. It's because I can't go, I couldn't go out and do the things I want, travel the world. And, you know, so I do it. I'm, I'm doing it through my music instead. And that's so, yeah, this is the. (laughs) And how's, how's the Um, album put together? Was it a much, uh, was it recorded remotely a lot of it? I mean, obviously it was done last year, a lot of it during the, the heights of the pandemic. No, so so I wrote it all in the first lockdown in March, mm-hmm. in, uh, amidst amidst this kind of like creative surge that I was mm-hmm. talking about, and then um, I was just like, this 
let's just get in the studio, boys. So it luckily, luckily, we I booked it in like September, and it was just when that little window we had. Yeah, the rule of six was happening. And I'm lucky that I did because I don't know, it would have been very difficult to 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 get it done um like a couple of weeks later than that, mm. really. Once again, fate comes into your life. I know. Yeah. I think you're a lucky man. I'm going to follow you around. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, speaking with you just before we start recording, uh, I know that you've had a, a bout of, of uh, performance anxiety and so on. And, and equally, performance is never the necessary given of where you thought you might end up. So it's almost like you're a reluctant performer. Would that be fair to say? Or do you enjoy it now? Oh, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, performing is where I thrive now. Right. You know, so I But wasn't always that. It wasn't it wasn't like that when I was at music college for sure. And, and what do you think that's down like, to? Just being younger, not as experienced, not as mature. What do you think it was? I think it's yeah, it's not not being as experienced and not being as kind of proficient on my instrument. You know, mm. I, I've I've come a hell of a lot long way from the kind of musician that I was back in uh, music college. And it's you know, yeah, it's 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 growing up. Mm, exactly that it's yeah that, you know and just just also so when i um in my normal kind of gigging life i, I run my own like function bands mm-hmm. so so we do like 90s noughties covers and i'm like i'm the front man of that so you're singing as well i assume yeah yeah i'm, I'm well it's it's majority singing in that in that gig but i'm so i'm the front man so it's like i I got that experience of, you know, really giving that performance. And I, I genuinely feel like performance is everything. Even in jazz music that, you know, it's jazz is quite, can often be seen as, you know, a very highbrow, you know, elitist kind of thing. But I don't, I, I just, this is, this is what I want to say with my music as well. It just, just because it's jazz doesn't mean it has to be like so heavy on the ear and it can't be, you know, can't have fun, mm. so much fun, like performing it. Well, I can tell the enthusiasm you've got in you. You're, <laughs> you're passionate to get back out there and get gigging again, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, well, in um, in the summer last year, I was, I because w- I was writing all the music, I was like, I just want to perform it. So I got myself a little mini PA system and I, I just started doing gigs outside my house <laughs> with, with all this new music. <laughs> and it was just... And it got a little bit of a following as well. It's quite funny. But, um, yeah, it's not every day you walk past somebody playing the trumpet outside their front door. So I can believe, <laughs> believe it would get a following. But it says it all. I was just like so desperate to, to perform, you know, so that I would literally just play outside my house, you know. And it's interesting. Um, you're one of the first people I think I've spoken to that has made a, a marked notation of the fact that it's very different being a student musician as opposed to being a professional musician yeah and, and you made yeah, a yeah. point didn't you at some point in your life of saying right i'm gonna now call myself a musician because it almost put the pressure on you to better yourself yeah so you didn't yeah, have a I foot mean, in both camps yeah I, I, it's it, music is is something that you, you're never gonna stop like learning mm, stop, of course um and and stop wanting to do more like now that i've started creating and going on this kind of musical journey there's it's it, it there's no there's no turning back now i have to just keep going and and that was how you know 
that was how last year went for me. I just, I, I mean, this says it all. Like before lockdown, I'd written probably about eight tunes. And then since then, it's been like about 50. So you've got albums tunes. almost waiting to be made now. You've got so much material yeah. in charts. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I'm raring. I'm, I've got, uh, yeah, I've got low, I've got. I don't More, think wild horses yeah. can keep you back. You look like you're bouncing off the walls ready to get going. up the first part of that interview with Jackson. I told you you had some energy with the track Dumb People and we'll be hearing more from both Jackson and the album in a short while's time. Somebody else that I sat down with recently was composer and pianist Lisa Hilton and we've got the title track from her album to play next which is More Than Another Day.
very much hoping to bring you the interview with Lisa during uh, during April, I would think. So a couple of weeks ago, we started playing tracks from the brand new release from Tom Remen and Jim Mullen, Duality. One, of course, an established legend, Jim, and uh, one destined for great things is Tom. The album was released at the beginning of March, full of great tracks just like this, like Someone in Love. Thank you. 
So high time, I think, that we get back to our interview with Jackson Mather. Don't forget, he released the album Travels in Confined Spaces last Friday, so you can find yourself a copy of it. It's available over on Bandcamp for sure. And we're going to start off the second part of the interview with another track from the album, and this is Matador. Listen online, on DAB and on smart speakers. Straight ahead with London's leading music venue, The 606 Club.
And of course, before the <coughs> pandemic, you also were, were regularly touring, weren't you? I know you, regularly with Stormzy and with Jordan Rakai. Yeah, I mean, I did one gig with, yeah, Jordan Rakai at uh, Ronnie Scott's, which was an amazing experience. But mm. yeah, we were supposed to go on tour with Stormzy last year. And obviously, it's... Things we, changed. We just, we just don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to if it's gonna go ahead because I'm thinking, I'm putting my artist hat on now and I'm thinking like, how do you put a tour on for like an album that's like old? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, it came out in 2019, you know, and it was a big thing then, but it's like, I yeah, just don't know. Other artists I don't know. are doing it. I mean, I, it, I even heard that. They are, you know, yeah. Paul, Greg Report, I've heard, has arranged dates for next year for the album he released last year. So that's going to be two years old by the time he's touring. It's, I think it's just because times are different, right? We've got to accept that yeah. he's going to be touring albums that were put back, put back, and then the, the, the label said, we, look, we've got to release it. So exactly, there's going to be tours exactly, that seem exactly, a little yeah. bit older, which is just yeah. the nature of how things are going at the moment, isn't it? But uh, mm. So being on stage with those people must have been a great experience, I would have thought, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's it, it just really gives you the... Um, the appetite, it gives you the clear picture of, you know, what original music can do, you know, the Mm. power of original music. Like we played a headline at Glastonbury with Stormzy and that is like, wow. Wow. I'm not asking, I'm not asking for anything like that. (laughs) I know I'm not asking for anything like that with my music, you know, but you know, that's the power, you know, original music has so much power. Um, and you know, for me, all I all, I'm a simple man. Like all I really want is just to just to have some music out and and play some festivals, sell sell some of it, and you know, have a tour. I think that's you know, like jazz, a, a huge part of jazz music is is you know playing live and, and that's right. Touring yeah, you're using out sort of four or five nights a week touring, playing up and down the country, aren't you? That's what a jazzer yeah. is doing most of the time. And yeah, uh, exactly. you mentioned to me that that the the younger Jackson actually did perform with. Steve Ruby down at the six. You won a competition, didn't you? Yeah, and you're, you're on stage. Yeah, didn't? when well, yeah, I, I actually came second. I came second. In this. <laughs> I was gutted that I didn't win. Yeah. What was the actual competition um, then? Was it like a young jazz competition? I, of some yeah, sort? it was a youth youth jazz competition. I can't remember, but um, Mr. Julian Joseph, he was on once the, again. He yep. was on, yeah, he was on the panel for it, and he he was like, "I've got to take your number, man." And then we did the. The gig that we did a he called me for a couple of gigs at uh, Ronnie Scott's with his big bands. Yep. And and Steve Ruby was on the gig. There big you go. shout out to Steve. Yeah, well he's you know, the club's been through a tough year, but you know, still now streaming and so on. Have you done much in the way of live streaming? Because obviously the yeah, six is very big into that now. We've invested heavily into live streaming. I wondered if you've been at clubs where that's happened. Yeah, I mean, I did I last week I did a live stream at Ronnie Scott's, mm-hmm. which was quite a bit. Yeah, it was it was a big deal for me because I've been playing upstairs at Ronnie's for, mm-hmm. for years, doing this kind of funk jam called W Three, and um, it was it was really nice to come back and be doing my music, you know, downstairs on the main stage. Know. Yeah, it feels like yeah, if if it, it felt like um. A quite a special moment for me, obviously, even though obviously there's no one there, but it's still, it's, you know. It's I was just going to say, you know, getting to know you as I am with the energy that you've clearly got with the lack of an audience in front of you, does that affect how you perform? Because a big part of jazz is the vibe in the room, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. Uh, I mean, I just take every, um, you know, just 
take every opportunity, you know, to how perform. it is. You know, yeah, I, I just, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> no, the, I know what you're saying. That, you know, if this is the way music's got to be for the time being, that you've got to yeah. perform on streams rather than having exactly, people in exactly. front of you. I'm, I mean, oh uh, yeah, it is. It is what it is. So I've just got to do. I've just got. I, I just want to be myself, really. Yeah. And whatever in whatever context that is, you know, I'll take. I'll take it head on. Do you know what I mean? So just talking about the new album that we, we talked about a moment ago, which came out on the second of April. Uh, travels in confined spaces. The lead single from that was "Dumb People." Yeah, and a title like yeah. that's always going to get your attention. I <laughs> explain to me, "Dumb People." Why so? I, you know, what I was a bit nervous about having having that title because it is a bit like I don't know. It's a red rag kind of thing. With it's it, yeah. a bit ridiculous. It's a bit ridiculous. But you know what? There, there really has been times in this pandemic that you know it just brought out the really stupid side of humanity. There's been so, there's been a lot of moments you're just like, come on. Um, but this was initially inspired by this, this, um, this video I saw of this woman in America and she was, she was protesting the lockdown. Uh, and she was like, you know, it's time to open up. We're tired of not being able to buy the things that we need go to the hairdressers, get our hair done. You know, it's time to open up. I was like, of all the things you, you could have said, <laughs> you chose get your hair done. You know, I know people, I know people need their hair doing, but come on, of all the things that like you've lost your job or whatever, there's, yeah. no, there's more, there's more important things to be saying, you know, using that opportunity. And that's that where had. the dumb people came from. Yeah. Right. And yep. that's where it came from. That brings some clarity um, to it. And, and, I, said, and it, I initially wanted the sample, but it was it was it was from BBC, so you can't really use that. No, 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 no. I think you'd be slapped yeah. down very, very quickly. And any money you thought about making would very quickly be taken away I from know. you. Ah, oh, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> and you just said that you've been very busy writing. You've got like you know 40, 50 numbers put to one side. How do you go about the creative process for you? Do you find it comes quite naturally? Do you find, particularly recently, while you haven't been able to gig as much, that you're just in a zone where you just had music oozing out of you that you needed to notate? How does it? work well uh, the thing that i've really learned the main thing is is to be like trust in my kind of subconscious so like little ideas little motifs or whatever they are they can't they kind of come to me mm -hmm. um and so, sometimes it's been um it's been fascinating to explore that and also just like to, to just like let go sometimes and just not, not, not do any writing. It's not like I, I've never kind of like sat down and been like, today I'm going to write. I'm going to, I'm going to write. It's just been very much kind of like a process of taking in music. So I learned lots of, lots of jazz standards um, at the start of the pandemic and kind of like, and I learned, I had this really good jazz book. It was the jazz piano book. And it kind of made sense of a lot of things that I didn't quite get when I was at Guildhall. Mm -hmm. So it was a kind of like a process of learning and then kind of letting this subconscious kind of guide me. Um, which is, yeah, that's what I found about um, the process that's been fascinating is, is, is following that. And, and sometimes... Sometimes it takes a long time. Mm -hmm. Like I did this, I did this 
one, one of the tracks on my album, You and Me, it was something that I wrote at the start of Knockdown, like the, um, just mainly the chords. Chords for you. Yeah. And the kind of vibe, the kind of vibe. And I, I wanted to do this like spoken word thing and I just left it. I left it for months and months. And then this, this melody came to me, but it was in like, I'm going to say it's in, it was in seven, four, mm-hmm. but it's, so unusual it's kind of like, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's kind of like three and four, but I would, I, I said, it's like a kind of ballad in seven. I don't know. But yeah, this is like, this is like months later mm. that, that I kind of find, finally kind of find this tune uh, and finish the tune. And I'm really, I'm super proud. I'm super proud of that. And um, yeah, just trusting in, trusting in this process. Well, yeah, it's, it's been fascinating talking to you, but a very different uh, angle and approach to the interview that I don't think I've had before. It's the, A, the enthusiasm is, is bouncing off of me. <laughs> and also it just seems to me that I'm speaking to somebody that's really beginning to find himself. And I think you're quite excited at that process that you know, kind of know the sound that you want now. Mm. And okay, no one can know where the future is, but I think at least you know the next steps of where you're going to be taking things. Yeah, you know what? It's it's. I look at like I look at Miles Davis. He's he's my biggest influence. But he, you know, he he's all he was all about going on a journey, mm. you know, mm. and not looking back. And that's that's really what I that's what I want to do. It's to I'm I'm about to start this creative journey. And wherever it takes me, I'll, I'm going there, regardless. Yeah, you know? I mean, and if if, if people want to come along and join me, please come along. No, I guess it's, the lesson there for, for Miles uh, that I'm extrapolating is that he was somebody that uh, you know it wasn't he wasn't trying to please people, but the first thing was was loyal to himself. It was yeah. at that because yeah. uh, he changed his style so much through the course of his career. But it was always where he was at that time is what he was going to play. And if the loyal Miles followers wanted to come and watch him and listen to him, great. But he was very being very faithful to himself, wasn't he? A hundred percent. That's it's it's pure artistry. Mm. Like no, it figures that Miles would appeal to you. It really does. Yeah, it, it, he's he's the, he's the, he is the guy. He's the, he's the greatest. So let's just talk about the uh, band members that are on your latest album. And were these all guys that you met from Guildhall? Or? Um, so no, these are guys that I met um, quite, a, quite a few years after Guildhall. So I, I met Harry Pope, who's the drummer. I met him through this, this um, W3, which is this... Upstairs, um, at, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, uh, and James, James is like... James lives with Harry, so... I was getting to know them and, but it wasn't for, you know, it wasn't for quite a while that I decided to get a band together. But this, we were playing my old music, which was this kind of dubby stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, yeah. And I met Owen similarly at W3. Um, He's a, he's a new, Owen Walsh, he's the, he's the bassist. He's a new guy. He's a new cat on the scene, basically. (laughs) And uh, do you I'm, think, I mean, you've got enough material now. Do you think that you will be getting back into the studio this year? Because gigs, I know, are starting up again, but they're going to be slow, aren't they, on the pickup? So yeah, yeah. you hope to get a bit of gigging back on. I know you've got a gig coming up in London at the Jazz Cafe on the 24th of March. Uh, yeah. oh, sorry, 24th of May. Um, but do you think you're also going to use this time with all of this material that you've now got? Will you try and get back in the studio and get another album laid down? Oh, definitely. I've got, um, I've basically got an, a collab EP 
um, with you and with, with this guy called Adibanti. He's like an electronic music kind of singer songwriter. Mm-hmm. And we go, we we we've created this little body of work that's very very mellow and ex- but very explorative explorative is that yep. the right word that is the right yeah. word yep yep i think so no, you're good <laughs> okay. um and i i do really like my ele- electronic music and i love exploring kind of just worlds like little you know grooves and mm. um and this is very it's very chill kind of um ep so that's so the next I'm, project I'm very, that's going to be happening, yeah. is it? Yeah. When's that due out? Yes. Then? I, we, we, we still need to kind of, we, I'm getting in next week and we're going to, we're going to kind of finish it off. Because you're a producer as well, aren't you? Yeah. So you're well, obviously a studio rat at the same time. So do you, you do, do marketing as well or? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Look, so this is, this is the thing that I've, uh, I've really taken up in, um, in lockdown is, is this, this other instrument that is production. Um, and that's really helped me to kind of, um, you know, pr- well, produce my music, you know, mm. and and have a clear, clear picture, clear picture of what I want in each track. So that was how, like, when I wrote, or I wrote all the music on my laptop. Yep. And I did all my, I did all my trumpet parts. So when we came into the studio, it was a process of me kind of directing the band and how I want it to sound. And I'm, I'm quite, I'm quite particular on the difference between my live sound and, and my recorded Studio sound. sound yeah. So I, yeah. So I don't want, you know, I don't want certain tunes. I don't want tunes to go on for like eight minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a tendency to, um, from when people listen to jazz, they think it's, you know, it's going to be 50 like minute really numbers. Long. Yeah. 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 You can do that live. But it's you know, recording, can, I know what you mean. Yeah, but I want yeah, I want my music to be quite concise. Well, and also don't say radio the, friendly. That also helps because you know, at certain it, times you can get away with a 10-minute track on radio, but that's a lot of attention you're taking of somebody. So well, a nice exa- form five-minute track, you know, it fits in well. Well, exactly. And think about like and I, I know this is probably not their choice, but think about like Bebop. All mm-hmm. the bebop, all the classic bebop recordings—they're all like three, mm-hmm. three and a half minutes long. Mm-hmm. So why, why does why can't why can't you know jazz tracks these days be like three, four minutes? So if it's good enough know? for Miles, good enough for Herbie, yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so um, maybe we could uh, just mention where people can find you because I've been looking at you on uh, social media and you do put up some funny old posts as well, which is always uh, humorous to watch. You, know, <laughs> you know, you can tell what kind of mood you're in really by what posts up, <laughs> and it's really simple throughout. It's literally your name and everything. Jackson Method on Instagram at Janks, Jackson Method on Twitter, and you're over on Bandcamp too, JacksonMethod.bandcamp.com. Yeah. That's a great place to look actually because mm. all of your albums are there. I know you're on Spotify too, so you're quite easy to yeah. to find. But on Bandcamp, at least they can pay good money for your music rather than streaming. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm a real, I'm a big fan of, of Bandcamp. I'm, I'm I'm quite new to the whole world, like mm-hmm. the whole Bandcamp world. But you know, they're really the opening up of Bandcamp Friday. That's right. Yeah, where all of the money really, goes to the artists, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, they're very they're just very supportive of artists. You know, when it's a it's a we're now in a streaming world. You know, mm. and I don't know if whether it you know 
No, people value got... value their art less, but you do see that people do value it when they buy it. I, mean, I know you've had a huge amount of streams on Spotify, like six hundred thousand streams or something. But streams are great for getting exposure, but not for paying the bills. Yeah, exactly. So hopefully, it's if those streams can yeah. get you into the view of a promoter, and then you get a gig at a club, brilliant. Then kind of the stream has done its job. But it, mm. obviously, you guys have got to earn a living somewhere, and the streams aren't geared for doing that, are they? So. Well, yeah, I just need just need gigs to come back, really. That's right. Well, this year it's got to happen, isn't it? I mean, I know they start. Have you? I mean, apart from the one we mentioned in London, have you got anything else that's firm booked in this year? Do you know where that you can begin to see gigs are happening again or not? Well, not with not with my originals stuff, really. Um, I, I, you know what? I really want to book a tour at some point. You know, mm. like releasing releasing an out al- an album and not doing a tour. It's you got to just do a tour. I don't I don't care if there's like three, four people in the audience at some venues, but it's just like, I've got to do it. You need you know? to get in touch with Nigel Price. Get in touch with him. I'll find about the art okay. of organising a tour. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that yeah. man's a beast. He organises these like 60-date tours up and down the width and breadth of the UK. Um, so that, I'll be like, up for it. Do it, do it. Let's put some people yeah. together here. So, Jackson, yeah. I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm bouncing off the walls now. It's been a real pleasure meeting with you and talking <laughs> with you. So we need to get you some gigs. That, that's going to be my, my mantra now. Let's try and get you some gigs. Let's try and get you on the stage. Yeah. And yeah. so you can get out and tour your own album and your own music. And uh, okay. whatever it is that you've got coming up, make sure we get it sent through. I'd love to support you and play you on the show here on, on Straight Ahead. Yeah. So, uh, Jackson, it's been fantastic talking to you. It's been all, an absolute pleasure. Thanks for All the for very best me. indeed. All the very best with this latest album. And don't forget, go Thank look you. it up on uh, Bandcamp. The album is called Travels in Confined Spaces. It was released on uh, Friday, the 2nd of April. So it's available on general release now. Go take a listen. Jackson, many thanks indeed. Thanks a lot. Thank you.
<laughs> well, I wish I had just a quarter of the energy that Jackson's got. And uh, wonderful, wonderful album, as you heard. Uh, the album is called Travels in Confined Spaces. It is available now, so go grab yourself a copy and listen to it through all the way. It's a great listen. And uh, let's see if we can't get Jackson some gigs as well to tour the album around the UK. We're going to carry on now with a track from an album that we started playing a couple of weeks ago. Quiet is the Star, the brand new album from Alan Broadbent and Georgia Mancio. I watched their online album release. It's receiving critical acclaim and not surprising, it is a thing of beauty. Don't forget there's also a book that goes along with it called The Songs of Alan Broadbent and Georgia Mancio. So it's uh, something that's both oral and visual. And uh, the track that we're going to play on the show this week is this, If My Heart Should Love Again. If you want to know what's happening at The Six, check out the website at 606 sixclub.co.uk
track from Georgia and Alan. The album is Quiet as a Star. We're going to play a track now from an album which is going to be released on April the 16th. A couple of weeks ago we started playing tracks from this album which is from Parliamentary Awards Jazz Vocalist of the Year 2019 winner Zoe Gilby. The album's going to be called Aurora. It was tough trying to find just one track to play on the show this week but I really like this track which is called Ebb and Flow. The ripples cascading, not fading, splashing, lapping, ebb and flow, beguiling, washed away in haste, between bewitching and Mr. Secret, temptation.
cascading, not fading, splashing, lapping, ebb and flow, beguiling, washed away in haste, between bewitching and mist, a secret, temptation, will be Urban Flow is a track that you'll find on the album Aurora from Zoe Gilby. It's going to be available over on Bandcamp as of April the 16th. It's inspired by the compositions of award-winning Grammy-nominated US trumpeter Tom Harrell and features four exceptional jazz musicians, namely on uh, trumpet and flugelhorn, you've got Noel Dennis, on double bass, husband Andy Champion, guitarist is Mark Williams and drummer Russ Morgan. And more from that album over the next few weeks. Next we go to Matt Carmichael and Hopeful Morning.
Hopeful Morning is a track that you will find on the album Where Will the River Flow from Matt Carmichael. Uh, featured musicians on the album on piano, you've got Fergus McCready, the bassist is Ali Watson, and on the drums Tom Potter. And of course Matt himself was a BBC Young Jazz Musician of the Year finalist in 2020. And uh, it's another fine album that you can go and listen to over on Bandcamp. And I said earlier on in the show, I'll be letting you know the easy way to go and uh, watch the live streams that are coming from the club. Well, all you need to do is go and create yourself a free account. First of all, go over to 606club.co.uk. It's a one-off thing. Once you've done that, then you just return each time and pay a very small music fee to watch the artists that are at the club. And this weekend, as you know, on Saturday, we've got Paul Moran along with Joe Harrop. And then on Sunday, we've got uh, Wayne Hernandez back with us. So easy for you to watch and a couple of great acts coming your way this weekend. Now we're going to play a track from somebody else I've sat down and recorded an interview with. Uh, it's Welsh harpist Amanda Whiting. She's just released an album on Jasmine Records. It's called After Dark, very much following in the legacy of the likes of Dorothy Ashby and Alice Coltrane. It's a great album. Can't wait to bring you the interview. Let's go and listen to a track from that album. This is Back To It. And 
and uh, it kind of sounds like I've almost been busy, doesn't it, with all these interviews I've got lined up? Well, there's uh, plenty more to come. And Amanda is one of the artists I'm going to be bringing you during the month of April. The album After Dark is released on 180 gram vinyl uh, as of this coming weekend, actually. The 9th of April it's released. You can get it as a digital download as well. And I do believe it's over on Bandcamp. So check it out and uh, say you'll be hearing from Amanda on Straight Ahead during the course of the next month. Uh, many thanks indeed to our guest this week, Jackson Mather, the trumpeter that's just released his debut album, Travels in Confined Space. Uh, it was released last weekend on the Friday of last week. And so you can go and grab yourself a copy of that album now. And I'm sure having heard the tracks on the show this week, you'll want to do just that. And uh, Jackson, many thanks indeed for your time. And thank you also for tuning into the show. Don't forget, check out those two live streams that were at the club this weekend from Paul Moran and Wayne Hernandez. I'll be back at the same time next week with another two hours of great music. So I hope you can make time to join me then. I'm going to finish on a track from another trumpeter, funny enough, and we're popping over to France now, Arelle Besson. She first came uh, to my notice about five or six years ago when she released the album called Radio One. It was a quartet album and continuing very much in that same theme is her latest release, which is called Try. And uh, the album itself has got 11 tracks on it. It's organic and very much an alive feeling to the album. I'm sure it's going to, so it's an enchanting album that will stay in your collection for many, many years and months to come. And I'm sure you'll enjoy it through. And this is a track I've been wanting to bring you on the show for the past few weeks. This is the sound of your voice. As I say, many thanks indeed for joining me on Straight Ahead this week, as ever brought to you along with London's leading music venue, the 606 Club of London. And I shall see you for more jazz at the same time next week. <laughs>